Hello and welcome to the Monroe Nutrition Clancast. I, as ever, am Jason Monroe, and we are on episode number 17. Now, been a little while. Um, some I don't remember exactly when the last episode was, but I do know the last one I spoke about was the West Highland Way. Um, so it must have been the week, it must have been mid-July, or, you know, just after I did it at the start of July. Anyway... You can probably hear that I'm smiling. That's because I have just dropped my kids off at school and nursery. And I'm celebrating with a coffee and a podcast episode. Oh, fuck me. It is so difficult. Like, I've worked from home since 2018. So I started Monroe Nutrition on the 1st of... Well, I started it before that. But officially launched with customers... On the 1st of January 2018, I had to pack my real job, my real job in, um, by the middle of March because it was just too much to do both. And ever since the end of March 2018, I have worked from home. Um, So back then, I would have had one three-year-old. Yeah, one three-year-old. And... A baby. A bun in the oven. My wife was pregnant when I jacked my job in. So, uh, I've always worked from home. And lockdown, pandemic, all of that stuff, it didn't really change much for me in terms of my working life. But it did in terms of other people being there. And that's what the summer holidays are like. It's like lockdown coming again. Wife still goes off to work. Kids stay at home. I still have a job to do and a business to run and all this shit to do and it's annoying because and it's completely a personal thing like there are people who can jump on calls and video and various things and have their kids going in the background and it doesn't phase them or it doesn't appear to phase them I just can't do that like I need an empty house to do things like this and to record videos and to show up on social media so I'm fucking buzzing to have just dropped them off. And that is me until 3 o'clock. It's 10am right now. 5 hours of bliss. To get stuff done. To get this done. Now. Uh, what to talk about. I think. So so if you've listened to any prior to this. You should know by this point. Every couple of weeks. I ask my members. Uh, and say Clan Monroe. To give me topic suggestions. They've been a little light on the suggestions. Summer does tend to be quite quiet. People are not massively focused on. Uh, weight loss or managing their diet. And people tend to drift away. But uh, Scottish schools go back. Today this week. Uh, the rest of the UK I think is pretty much. Two and a half weeks time. So it will get much busier again. But there was one. Here it is. There was one back here from Sally. Sally asked me a question every fortnight. I love it. She's always there with something good to talk about. Hello, Jason. Podcast topic. Really choked myself. The importance of being flexible when it comes to your diet when on a weight loss, stroke fat loss journey. So the importance of being flexible. Now, I don't... I've not... I should have at the time asked for more details on what Sally meant, but I will take the words at face value and I will reply to them in the way that I think they were intended. The importance of being flexible is, well, it's ridiculously important. 
So something I talk quite a lot about, and you'll see me post often in social media, is that weight loss or fat loss, if we're going to be correct about it, fat loss is not something that you have to do all at once. Um, What people will do, so now is a great example, the time of year. It's summer, people are putting things off. We're going to be inundated with people in September. I'm running a special offer through September for people to join us for one month in Clan Monroe at a reduced rate. Um, More on that if you're on my mailing list. If you're not, head to monroemethod.com. We're going to be inundated with people because schools are back. Everybody... You know, they've, they've done all the fun summer stuff. They've done the holiday, the day trips, the days out, the picnics, the sweating buckets at night with the heat wave. They've done all the things, the barbecues, etc. Schools are back. September comes and then it's like, it's almost like a reset. Like I see it. So I can look at um, stats in various places uh, kind of at the back end of the business and I can see these kind of peaks and troughs, so January, sky high, February coming down a bit, March and April coming down a good bit more, Easter, Easter holidays, half term if you're not Scottish. Um, And then we get to that kind of midpoint, May, June time where people get super focused again and for the summer and then July, August it dips. So it peaks and troughs throughout the year. So September is almost, it's, it's one of these reset points where everybody's like, right, time to knuckle down for Christmas. And if you think about it, if we if, if you have these peaks and troughs through the year, people will tend to go on plan and off plan during these times, on track and off track. Now, those are people on the outside. Those are people that are not inside Clan Monroe, that aren't working with me, that aren't taught about exactly what Sally's bringing up, the ability to be flexible and understand, like I said, Weight loss is not something that you have to do all at once. So if you if you think about these peaks and troughs, these are traditionally times where people would sign up to Weight Watchers and then not go for a few weeks. Or, or sign up to, you know, January. Fucking let's all go to Slimming World. Woohoo. Eight weeks. Ugh. Texting your friend, are you going tonight? I'm not going to go. I'm going to have a gain. Are you going? No, I'm going to have a gain too. Right, fuck it. Let's just not go this week. And then that's how it starts. And then it's Easter, and then nobody goes, and then it's summer, and nobody goes. That's the life of a yo-yo dieter. And I mean, this kind of is a good way to explain the importance of the ability to be flexible. Because if you go through your life continuing to treat your body as something you do or don't look after, your health as something you either are or aren't looking after, then you will forever be a yo-yo dieter. You will forever have a terrible relationship with food. You'll eat all the, quote, bad stuff when you're hashtag off plan. And then you'll start, when you get back hashtag on plan again, you'll start eating all the, quote, good stuff. That is your life. Round and round and round. And your weight Remember, your weight is just the passenger along for the ride. Your weight does not do anything. It does not go up on its own. It doesn't appear on its own. It doesn't disappear on its own. Your weight, as ever, is the end result of your actions and your 
actions are the end result of what's up here. I'm pointing to my head. I'm on a podcast. You're not on camera. (laughs) Up in your head. So your actions are the result of your thoughts, feelings, emotions, history, experiences with past diets and various other things. So if you continue to live your life in this way, by being you're you're literally being inflexible. You're either in diet mode or you're not in diet mode. And diet mode is chicken, broccoli, and rice, and not diet mode is chocolate, McDonald's, and cakes. But if you were being flexible, your life would it, it would not be switching it on and switching it off. It would be on all the time, but your diet would feature chicken. Broccoli? No, it wouldn't. Nobody eats chicken, broccoli and rice. Normal people don't eat that. Like, who even... What is that all about? Somebody sent me a meal plan the other day. Do you know what? I did actually start recording a podcast episode a couple of weeks ago when I did have a bit of quiet time and it just turned into a fucking rant about personal trainers in general. Bad personal trainers, not the good ones, obviously. But it was like two in particular. And I just got to the point where I was like, I can't put this out. That's just, (laughs) this doesn't help anyone. It's just me looking for an excuse to fucking let loose on these idiots. Um, I'll maybe release it one day. But anyway, this meal plan that I'm talking about uh, was from one of them. And honestly, if, if if you said to me, Jason, I want you to write down what you think the worst, or, or like, what would it be? If, if you say to someone, write down what you think a meal plan would look like, like a terrible on-plan weight loss meal plan would look like, I would have written everything that was on this fucking list, and I'm not even kidding. Egg whites for breakfast, a handful of almonds. This is the, This is one of the favourites. The handful of almonds, it always appears somewhere. Um, the chicken, the broccoli, the rice, oh my, the chicken breast. And then it was like chicken, broccoli, rice. Um, Kerrygold butter, 10 grams to go over your vegetables. So fucking generous. Anyway, we're not going to go down that road. So back to the point I was making there. So on plan looks like this, off plan looks like this. Being flexible with your diet means that you are never off track. You're always on track. Because the track is your life. And your life is not something that you can get on and off. It's not something that you can switch on or off. It's not something you can do or not do. You're living every day. You're listening, you know, you're choosing to listen to a podcast right now. That's a part of your life. What you have for your lunch or your breakfast or your dinner. That's a part of your life. None of it's on plan or off plan. Your life is the plan and you're here every single day, whether you like it or not. Doing things you think you should be doing or not. You're always on the track. You're always living your life. And I think that one of the mistakes that people make when it comes to their diet is creating like two separate diets that they follow. So The word diet has two definitions, right? The first definition is the types of foods a person or community habitually consumes, something like that. So like you're kind of 
usual daily diet. Everything that you eat and drink in a day, that's your diet. So you may not be dieting right now in the traditional sense of the word, but you're still eating, you're still drinking, you're still having meals, you're still having snacks. You still have a diet. It's just potentially an unhelpful one or it's not. it doesn't look like what your diet would normally look like if you were working to the second definition of the word diet, which is uh, the types of foods someone temporarily restricts themselves to in order to achieve a goal or an outcome, something like that. Basically, traditional idea of going on a diet. So, this is the this is where people make the mistake. Okay, they they see eating, you know, separating things into two separate categories: diet food, non-diet food, good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, and it always circles back to negative labeling and poor relationships with food. So back to the point that Sally was making. After all of that rambling, uh, the importance of being flexible when it comes to your diet. People who yo-yo diet, okay, people who treat their diet as something that they do or don't do, they aren't flexible. There is no flexibility. They are either doing their collection of diet things, eating their diet foods, doing their diet behaviours, or they're doing what they do the rest of the time when they're gaining weight and not really paying much attention to their diet. And they live in these two separate worlds. Or it could be that you're following Slimming World and yes, you're going every week and things are going relatively well, but you have a holiday coming up or a birthday coming up or a night out or a weekend away and you are following a plan that doesn't allow you to do those things. It doesn't allow for the... There isn't enough flexibility. There isn't enough sins to cover what you want to do. You can't manipulate things to to bend it around this event that you have on, so you have to go hashtag off plan. But I'll be getting hashtag back on plan again from Monday. Do you know, I used to follow thousands of Slimming World accounts. Going back to 2018 again, when I first started, I used to play the follow and follow game. I was trying to get noticed and recognised and put myself on the map. Um, so I, I used to follow a lot of Slimming World posts back when I had the time, by the way, to do things like this. Um, the longer you run a business, the bigger the business gets and all the shit in the background gets. But there was a time where I used to sit on social media for a couple of hours a day, following people, commenting on their posts. Uh, people, hundreds of people used to, there was also a time when I used to interact with hundreds of people on people on social media was always getting constant DMs. What do you think of this? Look at that. Look at this person. Look at this post. Look at this tuna cone. Look at these vinegar pims. Like all that shit. Um, and yeah, I, I, I used to see all of this stuff all the time. I'm like, fuck. And, and I was also trying to learn about the people that I was trying to help. You know, I was trying to broaden my knowledge. What sort of challenges do the type of people that I'm going to be helping face? What sort of mindset do they have? What sort of language do they use? And part of the yo-yo dieting mentality is this, what we call polarised or dichotomous thinking. Living in two separate worlds. 
so, back to the point. How important is it? Incredibly important. You have to have the ability to be able to say, and we'll come back to the kind of peaks and troughs of the year. You have to have the ability to say right at the start. And again, this goes back to uh, weight loss not being something you have to do all at once. So let's say for the sake of very easy numbers, you have 100 pounds to lose. Now you can sit and you can very quickly do the maths on that. If I lose two pounds a week, I will be done in 50 weeks and I'll be able to take a break over Christmas. Right, and on paper, yes, that looks spectacular. All I have to do is lose two pounds a week, and I have to do the things to make me lose two pounds a week for 50 weeks in a row with no breaks, no fuck ups, no bad days, nothing, no illness, no unexpected surprises, probably no social life, no occasions, no holidays, no nights out. Yep, for the sake of losing 100 pounds, that seems pretty realistic to me. So off you go with this expectation that you are going to lose £100 in 50 weeks. And then you're faced with the real life, with the real world. The real world that will not allow you to lose £2 a week every single bloody week. And it's, it's just that completely unrealistic expectation from the very beginning. You know, people think that once you go into diet mode, you have to stay in diet mode until you're finished. And again, that just stems from people's past experiences. So one of the biggest challenges I face when it comes to trying to help people on the outside see what life on the inside of Monroe looks like is... Trying to show them that what I do isn't what they've done everywhere else, okay? So the reason that people do that, the whole £100 in 50 weeks thing, the reason people do that is because their perception of what a diet is means removing crisps, removing cake, no takeaways, no nights out, no alcohol, da 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 That's what their idea of a diet is. So I could go to 10 people, 10 different people, random strangers in the street and say, tell me what your idea of a diet is. And they will all probably give me answers of what, of kind of various, various versions of restrictions. You know, what does a diet mean to you? Oh, um, drinking lots of water, getting lots of steps, no chocolate, no takeaways. Okay, thank you. And you, madam, what's your idea of a diet? Uh, going to the gym three days a week, eating lots of protein, uh, going to bed early, right? And and everybody has all these different ideas and it's based on their past experiences. You know, person number one has done Slimming World and Weight Watchers. Person number two has done Herbalife and worked with a PT. So everybody has different experiences and different ideas of what a diet looks like. Now, I predominantly work with people who have tried everything or come from slumming world like the vast majority of the people I work with and that's not because they're the only people I can help it's just that it's kind of the type of person I've ended up working with but it's also because of that the content I put out is not necessarily targeted at them but it speaks to them so the things that I write I usually have kind of 
target people in mind. So when I create a post and it rings true with lots of Slimming World people, then they follow me, then they become members. Like that's just kind of how it's ended up. But I predominantly work with people who have been through the, the ringer with diet groups. So I know what their history is like. I know what they think. I know the challenges that they face. And that's why the vast majority of my time is spent like not helping people calculate calories, not helping them with macros, helping them overcome the years of abuse they have put themselves through at these clubs, at these groups, at these classes. The terrible information, the terrible knowledge, the habits, the... Like, I'll have people come to me and they'll be like, I just want to eat fucking bread twice in one day and not feel like shit about it. I want to stop looking at food as good and bad. Because that's all that Slimming World does. Healthy extras. Sins. It creates these two... And, and this... Oh, I'm not going down this road. I'm not doing the Slimming World thing today. Pisses me off anyway. We're not going to go down that road. So, why is it important to be flexible? If you are flexible with your diet, you will make the fastest progress in the fastest time. And I'll tell you for why. Let's say you are that person that has £100 to lose and you say, I am going to lose £100 in 50 weeks, okay? And week one, you lose £4. You're like, great, I am ahead of the game. It's all water and food weight. You've not lost any fat yet, but whatever. We'll let you have that win. Week two, you lose a pound. Well, that's okay, because I lost four last week, so that's five in two weeks. And then the next week you maintain. And you're a bit annoyed, but it's still five pound in three weeks, I'm still on track. And then the next week you have a gain, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this not working? So you're four weeks in, you've lost no fat, all you did was lose four pounds of water at the start. You're already miles behind, you're never going to achieve your goal, so you say, fuck it. And you give up. Until summer's passed. So you allow two months to pass while you gain more weight before you start getting back to it again. And then you get back into diet mode. And then this time you do a little better, but then something comes up in October and off you go for a weekend away. And then you disappear for a few weeks because you've went back to old habits and you feel terrible. But here comes November, the 1st of November, and it just happens to be a Monday. What a great day to have a reset. And then you manage another four weeks. So all these months and all this time passes and you've either been doing or not doing and you're the same weight you were when you started all this stuff five or six months ago because you haven't been flexible. You haven't learned how to live through the year, how to live through the summer, through weekends away, nights out and holidays and all the rest of it. And that's what being flexible is all about. So when I talk to the guys in the group about this, we talk about phases. So at the beginning of the summer, I try to preempt these things, okay? Um, you, when I'm doing check-ins with people, you get a feel for what the mood's like, what's happening. People will start talking about schools or talking about the weather or talking about the financial climate or politics or whatever. And then I can then do a live chat or a daily post and say, here is what everyone's collectively thinking. Let's talk about this. So at the start of the summer, I was encouraging everyone to have barbecues, to have alcohol, to do whatever they wanted to do, to let them know that it's okay, because that's where a lot of the problems come from. People thinking that they're doing something wrong, 
then the guilt they experience as a result, then the reactions that they have to the guilt, which usually oppose the goal that they're trying to achieve. If you take away the guilt, you take away the reactions. And you take away the guilt by reassuring people that they can live their life. That they're not doing anything wrong by having a drink or having a takeaway or going to a barbecue. That socialising and spending time with your friends isn't a negative thing. But also telling them that these things don't have to come with a massive um, calorie price tag either. You can go to these things and still continue to eat like a normal person. And when I say normal person, I mean not performing abnormal behaviours. Because again, a result of this black and white yo-yo dieting mentality, this on-plan, off-plan mentality, part of that is maximising these moments when you are off-plan. Because you feel restricted the rest of the time. Because the on-plan doesn't allow you to do this, this and this. So you go nuts with it. Do you know what? Let's go off-plan on Friday and we'll get back to it on Monday. And Friday night... Saturday and Sunday is spent cramming things in, performing abnormal behaviours, acting abnormally around food. That's what I mean in terms of normal versus abnormal. So when you approach these things from a place of flexibility and understand that, do you know what? Right now, there is a period in my life coming up, school holidays, that is going to be incompatible with a calorie deficit. I have all of these things planned, we have all of these days away, we have this holiday, we have these barbecues, we have these beach days, all this stuff is coming up. I do not, as much as I would like to be losing weight just now, I do not think it's going to be realistic for me to stick to, I don't know, 1400, 1500 calories for the next eight weeks. So what I'm going to do is this, I'm going to take the pressure off, by first of all, reducing my expectations. I will expect to lose absolutely no weight over the next eight weeks and that is fine. Because the next eight weeks are not going to be deficit friendly. And if they're not deficit friendly and I can't maintain a deficit, then I'm not going to lose weight. So first of all, removing the expectations. No expectations of weight loss, fat loss progress will lead to no disappointment when fat loss doesn't happen. And then when life gets to a point when it's quieter again, or maybe even during that, you have a couple of weeks. In between those eight weeks, you have two weeks where you have nothing on or the kids are away at something by themselves and you've or and your hubby or your partner your your partner cover all bases. Your partner's at work and you have this week to yourself and you go, Do you know what? This'll actually be a great week for me, we me to work on myself. So within this eight weeks, here is this one week where I can get into a deficit. This will be deficit friendly. Because one week out of eight is better than no weeks out of eight. So rather than saying, oh, what's the point? Just taking, picking your moments, picking your opportunities. Do you know what? Here's a week where I can do it. Let's do it. And making that little bit of progress along the way. And then when the summer's over, like it is, well, the summer holidays at least. And the summer actually, because it's been pissing down for days here. When the summer's over, like it is for me today. Coming back to it again and saying, right. And, and, and it's not... You know, it's not back on plan or anything like that. It's quite simply, life has got more deficit friendly again. I am now in a much easier position to put myself back into a deficit and carry on with weight loss. 
So during that time, nothing has changed. You've not changed as a person. Your eating habits haven't changed. Your drinking habits haven't changed. You've not used the eight weeks to cram in all the foods because if you're working with me, you should be having everything that you enjoy anyway. Again, coming back to what people's uh, perceptions and expectations of dieting is. They would see, you know, traditionally, when you're following a very restrictive diet that shames you and guilt trips you because you've ate one fucking piece of chocolate or had one takeaway or one glass of wine that's not me <laughs> in fact i'm going to i'm going to pause this and pull up something i'm going to read you something that one of the guys wrote just on the run up to summer there you know this is actually such a funny story because gareth is one of our rare men in the group i say rare because they make up less than 5% of our community gareth is one of the rare men who has joined but did so very sceptically, and I love people like this. So Gareth joined on the 3rd of June, 50-year-old, works offshore, stays up in Aberdeen, has a caravan as well. He got in touch with me before signing up, super sceptical, didn't think I was real. He had looked at um, our Clan Monroe Instagram account, which had been laying dormant because I hadn't really had any members take it over. He was just making sure that it was all legit before he started, right? Now, let me read some of his responses to check-ins. So in case you don't know, uh, every fortnight, our one-to-one members check in with us. They do so They fill in a, by filling in a check-in template, showing me some screenshots. And then I go through it all with the video behind me, me on screen, talking through it all and giving them feedback. Uh, So here's one here. Hi, Jason. Thanks so much for this. It's absolutely glorious. All these years chasing different diets and never, not once, has anyone ever explained about the fluctuations in weight. It all makes so much sense. Um, So that was just one. What was the other thing he said here? I can only echo what someone said last last week. I've learned more in a couple of 20-minute check-in videos with you than I have in 20 years of dieting. Incredible. And in this particular feedback video, Gareth had said in his check-in, like, people can get a bit cagey when they talk about things. Like, he's like, oh, I had a drink and I know that I shouldn't be doing that. And, you know, I'll come and say, well, why shouldn't you be doing that? You only think you shouldn't be doing that because, again, that's what your history of dieting tells you. That's what your perception of diets tell you. That's what all the shit you tried in the past has told you. Uh... And I reassured him about that. And he said, as far as your questions for me, you're absolutely right. I was thinking that my choices of how I use my calories at the weekend, basically choosing to keep some back for a few drinks or something I would usually consider a treat, was a concern, right? So he he was getting pretty negative about the fact that he chose to have a drink one weekend. And I was like, fucking have at it. Um And he said, again, you lay it out, let me know that it's okay and show proof that pretty much everyone else does the same thing and it's fine. It's so refreshing to understand that and accept that counting the calories instead of worrying about what they're made up of on a couple of days is fine. And this is what I mean. I encourage people to live their lives. It is not all deficit, deficit, deficit. Scales must come down every single week. That's not realistic for long-term progress. I have watched countless people fail and burn themselves out by trying to do, to do just that. 
they try, you know, that, that, that the, the example I just gave about the eight week period, there are many people who will try to force their way through that in a calorie deficit and fail. I just had this chat yesterday with someone on their check-in. There is a difference between, well, let's come back to the eight-week example, right? Let's say that person wasn't being flexible through the eight weeks, right? They go in at one weight, they go in at nine stone eight, and they come out at nine stone nine, and they've had a great time. They've been doing most of the kind of behaviors that I teach and encourage, but they've also been very relaxed. And what? They've gained a pound, if anything, at the other side. Versus the person who says, nope, I am absolutely going to lose weight. I am going to leave my calories at 1400. I am going to go on this holiday, these weekends away, these beach days. I am going to watch everyone else enjoying ice cream and burgers and alcohol and cocktails and all that. And I'm going to, I'm going to stick to my calories because I want to lose weight. That person goes in at nine, I don't even know what I said now, nine stone seven, and comes out the other side at ten stone. Because every single day they woke up with the intention of sticking to 1,400 calories, and every single day they went over that, and every single day they beat themselves up and followed it up with more behaviours that oppose that. So again, another reason that it's important to be flexible being inflexible will not serve you in the long run. You will end up in a worse position than you were in the beginning if you don't have the ability to be flexible. If you don't have the ability to to look at weight loss as something that you can do in phases. It's a great way to look at it. Okay, right now there is a period. So for me, again, let's pretend I'm the guy Today, Wednesday, the 17th of August, the kids have gone back to school. It is realistic for me. I'm going to go out for a walk this morning and get 8K steps. And I am going to start working to X amount of calories. And I'm going to do that for the next eight weeks. And that works out fine because it isn't summer. And we don't have all these days away planned and all the rest of it. So I do it for eight weeks. That'll take us to the end of October. And then in November, I have a busy, a busy November. It's my wife's birthday. Um, I don't have a busy November. I'm just trying to make stuff up. It is her birthday. <laughs> Let's just say I had a busy November. Lots of birthdays, lots of celebrations. Somebody's getting married. Somebody's got a wedding reception, blah, blah, blah. And then I can say, right, this would be a good time to have a maintenance phase. Now, a maintenance phase, in terms of how how I would use that with my clients. So from day one, they come in and they start losing weight. While they are losing weight, they are also learning all of the habits, the knowledge, the mindset, and the behaviors that will see them, once they reach their goal, maintain their weight in the future. So if they came to me and said, right, I would like to go to maintenance for a time. Um, This next eight weeks, it's just going to be unrealistic for fat loss. It's not going to be deficit friendly. I would like to go to maintenance. And I go, Excellent. First of all, I love your awareness that you've been able to look at that and say, this isn't going to be realistic. Let's make things a little easier. And now you get to practice all the basic habits that you are going to be using in the future, which is even better. It's like a trial run at what life's going to be like at the end of your journey. So yes, absolutely. 
Let's take off the pressure of working to reduce calories. Come up to your maintenance calories. Focus on the basics. Try to eat when you're hungry. Try not to when you're not. Uh, keep an eye on your snacking. Keep keep on top of your hydration. Keep on top of your sleep. Stop eating when you're full. Get into the habit of putting your knife and fork down. All the ridiculously simple and basic things that we teach and encourage all of the time. All the way through. These are the these are the habits and the behaviours behind the calories, behind the macros, behind the way that we teach balance. So let's practice those for eight weeks. And then, like that example I use, coming out the other side of summer, a pound heavier, a couple of pounds heavier, when in the past, it might have been half a stone. That's the difference. And that's not because... That's nothing to do with calories and macros. God, I get asked this question. I've been getting it so much recently. Is it just calories? Is it just calories and macros? Is it just my fitness pal? Is it just a Facebook group? Like, no, just please follow me for a little while and read my posts and, you know, get some emails. Let me share some stories of people with you. Does it look like it's just calories or just a Facebook group? Um, Yeah. The, that it's it's this is nothing to do with the numbers. I've said this the other day. Calories, calories and macros make up five percent of your journey. The other ninety five percent is improving your mindset, your habits, and your behaviors, and deprogramming all the bullshit that you've picked up over the last however many years you've been dieting. When it comes to weight loss and improving your relationship with food. It's not your weight that has to change. It's you that needs to change. And for each person, it's something different for each that has to change. I mean, many of the aspects will be the same, but you will all have your own unique and individual list of things that need to change in order for you to be able to bring about long-term change. One of those things is breaking free of this yo-yo mentality. This doing and not doing, on-plan, off-plan mentality. Understanding that weight loss is not something that has to happen when you decide on that day. Okay, from today, I am going to lose this 100 pounds in 50 weeks. Let's go. Unrealistic. Having the ability to be flexible. Understanding that, the light, that yes, in January when your motivation is sky high and through the roof and you're going to be super pumped to fucking punch down walls and lose 50 pounds in a week. That's not going to last. In January, yes, 2022 is going to be my year. 2023 is going to be my year. Yeah, that's when you're all feeling super motivated on the 1st of January. That is not going to last for the next 364 days. You have to be realistic. You have to be able to look at your year, to look at your social calendar. I do this a lot as well. Take a look at your social calendar for the next six months. If you have, like my wife, your whole life planned out on a wall planner in the kitchen. At which periods during the year is it going to be realistic for you to get into a deficit? Because it's so easy for people to just say, do you know what? I'm fucking too much on this year. Let's just put it off. So you can spend no time in a calorie deficit and make no progress. Or you could spend three months of the year in a calorie deficit and make three months of progress. This idea that you have to do it all at once or even reach your goal weight all at once is ridiculous. 
if you had a goal of saving up money. I had to save up 30 grand to buy this house two years ago. £30,000. Now, I could have sat down and said, right, let's see, let's see my disposable income. Okay, I can put away £750 a month. If I do that for 20 months in a row, then I'll only be halfway there. (laughs) I got my miscalculated there. If I can do that for 40 months in a row, then I'll have my £30,000. Now, how realistic is that? To scrape by on the bare minimum for 40 months in a row. Not very. So instead, you do what you can, when you can. This month we have a bit more disposable income. We'll put that in the savings account. This month we're doing this. So we'll put a bit less in the savings account. No, it's not going to happen in exactly the 40 months. But it's going to happen you are going to get there. I posted this on Instagram yesterday. I can't get it this morning, in fact. Um, what's the exact wording? The direction of travel is far more important than the speed you're traveling at. Because if you're heading in the right direction, you will always get to where you are going. So it doesn't matter how quickly you get there. If you are heading in the right direction, you will always get there. When it comes to not being flexible, you're only heading in the right direction some of the time. When you're being, I hope I said when you're being not being flexible, when you're being inflexible, you're only heading there some of the time. You're only heading in the right direction for as long as you're being on plan. The rest of the time, you're not. Being flexible having the ability to have realistic expectations and adjust your goals accordingly, then you're always heading in the right direction. You are guaranteed to get to where you're going. But being inflexible means you're only heading in the right direction some of the time and that's not enough to get you to where you're trying to be. So, I hope this has been useful. It has felt like a bit of a a ramble, but I just feel the need to talk Well, there are no kids in the house. Um, As ever, if you find these in any shape or form helpful or motivational or inspirational even, take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram. If you're listening on, I don't know, whatever you're listening on, I listen to stuff on Spotify, but I do put this on other stuff. Um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, didn't even know they were a thing until I started uploading these. Wherever you listen to it, there must be a share button. Share it to your Instagram stories. Tag me. Send me an email. Ask me a question. Let me know if you find these things helpful. Uh, And yeah, we'll catch up again next time. Thank you for listening.